0: Second and six. Catch is made by Robinson, and he breaks free. Now that Robinson takes it all the way for a Bears touchdown.
1: You're listening to Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T.
2: And welcome back to the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. We're back once again after another NFL weekend. And I've got my boys, as I always do, for our third installment here of the Falcons Audible. Let's start off with Dave Archer. Dave, how are you doing today, my
0: man? I'm doing good. I've turned the page. I'm trying to get ready for week four. Uh, We're going to reflect back on week three. And uh, there were some similarities to week two. And we'll try to pound through those and make sure we can uh, give you something to look forward to in week four. We are definitely going to do that. Shock,
2: how are you doing today, my man?
1: Pretty good, man. I've, I've tried to go matrix and uh, just, you know, just clear my brain of what's happened the last couple of weeks and uh, look forward to Monday night football. <laughs> but, uh, I know that can happen, but uh, all's good, man. I'm doing well. How about yourself, right?
2: I'm doing great man I can't complain we're sitting here talking about a little bit of football and you know sometimes things are negative sometimes they're positive but uh you know what when we're kind of in this broadcasting realm we're in the podcast world we just talk about what we see what we think our opinions and then uh, we let it roll from there so uh let's go ahead and jump into it fellas because we've got a lot to talk about this week of course we've got the Falcons Bears contest and uh you know if you're a Falcons fan or if you're a fan of football that thing didn't shake out the way that most people would anticipate and we'll dive into that a little bit. We'll talk about the Falcons' failure to finish the ball games in the fourth quarter and then more importantly, where do they go from here? Because this is a time when people are looking for answers. And I'll tell you what, the guys inside the walls of the Falcons facility, the players, the coaches, the staff, they're all looking for answers. And not to sit here and say that we've got it for them, but we'll at least give some suggestions on what's uh, happened in our careers in the years past. And then, of course, we'll kind of dive into the division and we'll talk about what's going on with the Saints and the Bucks, and, of course, the Panthers as well. But let's kind of get back into this game. And Arch and Shock, we're going we're gonna to refrain from – from diving into the X's and O's in this game. We might talk a little bit about it, but let's talk a little bit more big picture. All right, Shock. I'm going to start with you because I pretty much always start with Arch here. And let's do this like real quick, short, to the point. This could be a one word. This could be two words. This could be one sentence. I'm going to read a phrase or a question, kind of like a blank at the end, and I want you to answer it. So the Falcons performance last week or the last couple of weeks has been blank.
1: Disappointing. I'll be honest man it was uh, times where you look at this team you say hey they're trending in the right direction and then you have a couple instances a couple series a couple plays that are disappointing and I think yeah, fans can relate to that. I'm disappointed uh, as, a, as a former player as a guy who covers the team and as a fan I, I'm disappointed as well as as anybody in how you finish a ball game and not being able to come out of this, I mean the Falcons could easily be sitting here two and one or three and zero. So, uh, of course, that's hindsight, but disappointed is probably the the number one word of, of phrase for me.
2: Yeah, disappointed could work one hundred percent. Arch, I'm going to give you the same thing. The Falcons' performance last week or the
0: last couple of weeks has been blank, incomplete. Uh, you have to finish games, and that really is where it lies, and how can they find a way to get it done in the fourth quarter? That's what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, incomplete could be used in a number number of ways, kind of more as a metaphor and more as actual uh, (laughs) what happened on the field. There were some incompletions at the end of that game in the fourth quarter. That definitely would have helped – solidify things for Atlanta so this is one of those games where you're thinking you're in the driver's seat once again we've been here before up by 20 points and then and all of a sudden things just turn for the worse for Atlanta so let's kind of get into this a little bit more and guys we talked a little bit about using our experiences in the past so Arch I'm going to start with you have you ever been in a situation like this previously where you were playing on a team, let's just call it college NFL, you could even go back to high school if you wanted, or in your professional broadcasting career, maybe another time with the Falcons or another team that you recognize, but some personal experience that you have where it's kind of started off like things have with the Falcons, and where did it go from there?
0: Yeah, and I think there's, there's, Rack, there's probably a myriad of ways we can look at this, and certainly the way that starts. I've I've been on teams that were four and and0 that didn't that didn't finish. Okay. We jumped out four and 0 in nineteen eighty-six and the quarterback, the game, the team that I quarterback on, I got hurt in week eleven. We nosedived and finished seven, eight, and one or something like that. Also seen teams, I've been on teams that started 0 and two, oh and three, somewhere in that neighborhood, and you fight your way back to the mid level. I will say, and being all honest, all honesty here, you have you've used all your mulligans up. All of us play golf. And our mulligans are gone now, okay? 0-4, 0-5 can't be part of the equation. you got to find a way to get one in Green Bay. But I will say you've dug yourself a hole. It's not insurmountable. We saw the Texans do it, what, a couple years ago. The Texans dug out of a a hole and made the playoffs. It can be done, but you've used up your, your mulligans.
2: DJ, I'm going to ask you the same question, but, you know, we got to kind of preface this by saying because DJ was was Mr. Like, I'm a winner pants before because he went to Georgia and all they do is win championships at Georgia. And guys, I don't know if I can relate to you because I've never lost before. Guess what? Figure out a situation where you've been in this situation and tell us what's going on with Atlanta and how it affects you and your team moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we, we did win a lot of Georgia, I'm not going to lie, but uh, uh, there were times where things did not go uh, the right way. Uh, but I'm going to go all the way back to high school, man. I remember my senior year in high school, obviously being a guy who was um, highly recruited coming out of out of high school, everybody expected our team to be really good. And we had a lot of good players on our team. We thought we prepared just as good as the season started, and we started a year 0-3. And we were supposed to win our region, we were supposed to be a – championship calendar team and we started the year 0-3 and everybody's like, what's going on? And we ended up turning the season around and uh, we ended up going, you know, 6-1 in their last stretch or whatever. Uh, But it it all came down to us as players. At the end of the day, the coaches put us in positions and we had guys who were just not executing. Guys were worried about, uh, is this coach coming to recruit me? Is this school looking at me? And, it's kind of similar on the next level. I mean, I'm not saying this is happening, but there are guys who are fighting for contracts. There are guys who fight for careers. So you never know what the inside of it is, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the execution of the players on the field. And eventually uh, we turned it around because we let the egos go aside and we decided to play as our team.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, DJ. We're going to get back to that because you mentioned players executing on the field and kind of tuning out some other things. And we're going to dive back into that in a second. I just, I wanted to give my personal experience too, because I started to think back throughout my career with Atlanta and I kind of started going through the seasons. And I, I'm not one of those guys that has like that perfect memory. Like you meet some of those guys that are like, I don't know if you've had an Archer, DJ where you're like. You remember back in 2003 when there was that play with like 7.45 left on the clock? And this guy caught like, no, I don't remember that. I'm not <laughs> that good. Okay, so I kind of started going back through uh, my seasons. And it brought me back to 2002. And DJ, you were probably shoot still in high school at that time. Dave might be able to uh, nope, kind I was remember. in college, right? I was in college. Was <laughs> okay, in college. so you were in college. Come All on. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this was when I was with the Falcons. <laughs> we started that season one and three. So we got through that first quarter of the season, if you will. We're sitting at 1-3, and starting to trend in the wrong direction, if you will. But then from that moment on, we just started putting together wins. And we ended up going 7-0-1 over the next eight games after starting 1-3. and If some of those Falcon fans can remember, that was when we played on the road at Heinz Field against the Steelers at that game that ended in a tie in a full 15-minute overtime. I'm sure you remember that one, Arch. Uh, and then, of course, the, the kind of iconic Falcons play of Michael Vick against the Minnesota Vikings when we were on the road where he split the two defenders. Those two guys ended up colliding, and he ran, runs into the end zone. That was part of that winning stretch. And here's what I will say for the Falcons fans, because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that play from Michael Vick. I've seen that on all the highlights. And they're going to say, well, what does that have to do with the Falcons of 2020? And here's what I will tell you and we'll get back into this discussion, is we didn't hire a new coach. We didn't fire a coach. We didn't bring in somebody that just reinvented our offense, and now we're able to score points and keep the opposing team's points off the board. DJ, you talked about it. We executed. We finally started making some plays, and guys started realizing that enough is enough. And if we're going to make something good out of this season, the players on the field have to start making plays. And DJ, I'm going to send it back to you because I think that's what's important here. It's not sitting here saying, who do we need to fire? Who do we need to put into the game? Sometimes it really just gets back to players and saying, we've just got to start executing the plays that are sent in, the plays that are in front of us, whether it's offensively or defensively. If the ball's there on defense, you got to knock it down. If the ball's there on offense, you got to catch it, DJ. The guys have to start just executing and making plays.
1: Yeah, and that's the number one point, I believe. I mean, you go through a game plan every week and you prepare and you're ready for certain situations. And of course, the other team is gonna do the same, and they're gonna make their plays, and they got guys who are, are good on that side as well. So you expect to get beat at times, but when you are in position, when you have an opportunity to make a play, that is when you make the play. That is when you execute uh the game plan that's at hand and there were a couple situations in the game where the Falcons were there they had guys in position and you just didn't execute for whatever reason so uh a lot of people talk about the coaches talk about the play call but there are a lot of times in the game where dude you just got to go out there and make a play and ultimately there were times the Falcons did not do that and that's why we're sitting in position we are but like you mentioned there's always room to get better there's always room to look at positive there's always room to say, hey, I can be better individually. I heard Matt Ryan talking about that after the game with with Arch said individually we have to go back and say what can I do to make myself better and ultimately that's going to make the team better and I think that's where it lands well Arch, guys let me let me add this
0: me. let me add this real quick rack to that thought and I remember as a young player, and I was undrafted, made the football team, had a really good preseason, made the team as one of the backup quarterbacks to Steve Barkowski, and and ultimately found my way on the field because of injury and was playing. And there was a moment, and I don't care what round you're drafted in, there's a, there's a moment there as a young player, you say, wow, I'm in the National Football League, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I made it. And you begin, you forget that, that's just when the work begins. You're just happy to be there. And I think there's a degree of that here because there's a number of young players that are having to play because of injury or because they're the best guy on the team at that position. And there is, you've got to get over that, hey, I'm lucky to be here scenario. You've got to throw that out the window. You've got to find that dog that made you tough and that guy that was desired in college that made you one of those guys that made this football team. Now you got to throw, you got to bring that guy back. And I think there's a there's a degree of that going on with this team. Now, Grady Jarrett and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they don't have that problem. But I do think there's some guys that are kind of searching, soul searching, and you hope that the veteran players can help them reinvest, like Shock's talking about, and saying, listen, you're here now. What are you going to do to help us win? What are you going to do to take your, your game to the next level? Because there are some guys that aren't playing at the level they need to play at for this team to win football games.
2: 100%, Arch. I agree with you because there, there becomes that moment where it's, it's not about I went to the league, I'm collecting a paycheck. It's now about this team brought you here to perform. They brought you here to make plays, and especially when the game is on the line. And, and look, I don't want to single out players, but you always talk about five or six plays throughout the course of a game that can make a difference. They're, they're just game-changing momentum plays. And as I was watching the Falcons game, when when they had that, I can't remember, third, I think it was a third down, and there was a ball that was thrown that basically went right through the hands of Isaiah Oliver, and I think it was Jimmy Graham, Graham that caught it. Yep that's a play that has to be knocked down. Like, you don't have to intercept it, but the ball has to be knocked down. And then you get that situation. I want to say it was fourth down and the Falcons elected to rush three and drop eight. And they ended up hitting like a 29-yard pass play to Ted Ginn for his first catch of the game And it was way too easy. Somebody has got to see that play develop. They've got to break in a passing lane. They've got to knock the ball down at the line of scrimmage, whatever it ends up being. But to me, especially when the game was on the line, if you're going to finish something, those are two of the game changing plays that have to be made. So the last thing I wanted to talk about here, and I'll start with you, DJ, we've kind of touched on this already, but, but, what do the Falcons do to change this? I mean, they're in this spot right now, okay? There's nothing that they can do about it. They can't stop the season. And and for all the people that want to sit here and say, we're going to tank for for X, Y, or Z player, look, I might be naive and ignorant, but in my eight years in the NFL, I never saw it happen, okay? There's too much pride on the line. Guys are playing for jobs. They're playing for their livelihood. Coaches are playing for their livelihood. In my opinion, and again, call me I'm wrong, there's no such thing as tanking in the NFL, okay? So, DJ, Where do the Falcons go from here? How do they get this thing turned around? Maybe it's as simple as some people may need to make plays, but where do you feel like it needs to start?
1: I think it starts individually. I talked about it a few minutes ago about individually guys having to uh, mentally get into a space that says, I won't allow this. Um, There are going to be guys who, like you mentioned, plan for jobs, plan for careers, but also you got to play for the the name on the back of your jersey and you got to play for this organization. And at the end of the day, like ours mentioned, there's going to be uh, there's going to be veterans and there's going to be other people on your team who watch the way you play. People are going to watch the effort you give. And then you think about, okay, you want to extend your career. You want to make sure that I want to be on this team next year. Well, guess what? They're going to turn on the film from this year. They're going to see when adversity hit, how were you playing? What was your effort like? What was your attitude? Were you one of those guys who, who motivated other guys in the locker room? Were you an encouraging player? So I think guys have to – First, look yourself in the mirror and say, what am I playing for? Who am I playing for? Do I want this to be successful? And I think ultimately, if those questions are yes, and I'm playing for this organization and I want to turn it around, you will find a way to get better. You will find a way Monday through Saturday to watch more film. You will fundamentally do the things that you need to do. And I think ultimately, it just comes down to the individual person And then that'll make the team entirely better because each guy is doing what it needs to do to make sure this team is playing at a high level. Because there are times in the game where every guy probably looks at a spot in the game where they say, I could have did more. I could have helped my teammate more. I could have, you know, gave a little bit more effort. And those are the plays, like you mentioned, five or six plays in a game that could determine the outcome. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, the other 10 guys on the field will see it and they will up their game to another level as well.
2: And Arch, I think he's got great perspective here. And sometimes I I think it could be misconstrued as coach speak, but at the end of the day, coach speak is reality. And what DJ is saying is 100% true. Somebody is going to have to put this team on their shoulders and decide that it's not about them necessarily making an individual play, but it's what's best for the team in order to help them get out of the fourth quarter and get out of a game with a victory. Do you feel like there's anything else you would add to it,
0: Arch? Uh, frankly, I think it's the only way to change this thing around is individually each guy ups his stock in his performance and his play. Hey, guys, the same guys that coached this football team to a 29-10 two weeks ago and a 26-10 to 10 lead in this game going into the fourth quarter are the same guys that co- they, they coached <laughs> you to that level. So all of a sudden yeah. our coaches can't coach in the fourth quarter I don't buy into that. It's about players making plays when things are on the line and when you have an at-chance. I think this team is playing with a lack of confidence in the fourth quarter. I think there's a there's been a degree of confidence shaken in this thing and now there's a tentative type play. There's a tightness that overcomes the players. And frankly, there could be a tendency from a coaching standpoint that you get tight too because you know the guys are tight on the field. You're not willing to maybe squeeze the trigger on on some calls that you would normally make in the first three quarters. That's something they're going to have to work through mentally together as a staff and players that they say, hey, let's get that. Let's flush that out of our system. Let's go play the fourth quarter like we played the first three quarters. You do that and you're going to find W's. Well, there's definitely gonna be some soul searching going on, and we're gonna see what
2: this Falcons team has got individually and as a team moving forward because this is a difficult spot for them to get out of. But I agree with you, Arch. I think they've got to find a way to put their foot on the gas in the fourth quarter, execute and start running away with these games. Because here's the flip side: there's a lot of teams that don't even get to a chance to get to the fourth quarter with a lead. The Falcons are doing that. Now they just got to figure out, like I said, how to put their foot on the gas and end up coming away with some victories moving forward. So we'll see how that goes. Guys, let's take a quick step back and look at what's happened in the division. We got a chance to see the Packers and the Saints this past week. Packers came away with a 37-30 victory. And, uh, DJ, I'm going to start with you. How good are the Packers this year from what you've seen?
1: Well, the fact that they're you know averaging around 38, 40 points a ball game tells you, <laughs> offensively, they're getting it done. And – I said it from the beginning of the year, man. When a quarterback as me and Arch has been in this spot has been, quote-unquote, challenged, and I think Aaron Rodgers has been challenged this season, whether, you know, people believe it or not, they believe he has two, three, four more years, whatever it is, when you go ahead and draft a quarterback the way they did, they're challenging him, and I think he's out to prove something. And this offense is playing really good football. They've been able to run the football, of course, and, you know, I know Devontae Adams wasn't playing last week, but it didn't matter. He still was able to put uh, guys in position. And I think that that goes hand-in-hand hand with our team as well. Some guys, with their play, make other guys better. And I think that's what has to happen. And Aaron Rodgers is doing that for the Packers right now. And it's a reason why they're playing at a high level because of that guy.
2: You're right, DJ. Almost 41 points per game offensively. And, Arch, I, I would say – To you, from the quarterback position, you look at the way Rodgers is playing right now, he looks healthy, he looks strong, and he looks like he's got that swagger where once again, doesn't really matter who it is that he's throwing the football to, he's going to find a way to stick it in there.
0: Yeah, he's, he's playing, Rack, like he did about four or five years ago. There's no question about that. I think that the confidence level he has in his guys around him uh, there's been some guys step up. Alan Lazard has stepped up. A guy that was on their practice squad from a receiver standpoint has stepped up when they need him to. He's found a couple of tight ends. He's always had success when he has a tight end that can go get the football. And then Jones, the running back, has stepped up as well. So they've got a nice little mix of, of what they're doing on offense. But I think they're in year two. And uh, he and Matt Lafleur have blended. They spent a lot of time in the offseason doing a lot of stuff together. So it's been a nice blend. Um, they're doing a lot of good things uh, on on both sides of the ball, really. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look
2: at his stats, I mean, there's, there's other guys that you could look to in the NFL to say that they're doing better than what Aaron Rodgers is right now. You could say the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons of the world. But the way that he is putting this team on his back with some, you know, I'd call it more journeyman, right, Arch? I mean, that, that's kind of what I look at so far what's going on is he's kind of doing this like the Tom Brady New England has done. You mentioned the Alan yeah. Lazard. How about the, the Robert Tanyan at tight end? Like, Who? I'm sorry. Like this is not Jimmy Graham anymore, but these are the guys that he's making successful and they're winning games and they're putting up, as I mentioned, over almost 41 points per game. So let's talk about Arch on the flip side, the Saints – where are they at right now? Because you look at their offense, and and yes, Alvin Kamara is still one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. But to me, their offense just doesn't look the same right now without Michael Thomas.
0: Yeah, Michael Thomas being out of the lineup, and I do think that they found a little bit of silver lining because they did get Emmanuel Sanders a little bit more involved in the second half, and I so I think that'll be bode well for them moving forward. Uh, you know, you know where's where's Jared Cook been? Whenever you watch uh, the Saints play, Breeze has always been a guy that likes to get the ball to the tight end. remember Jimmy Graham. Uh, we've had, uh, what Ben Watson was down there for a year or two, where he had ability to get the ball in the middle of the field and try to fit that in. Jared Cook has not been a big part of this offense. And that's where I would go to with the saints is they become a little bit too predictable. Alvin Kamara with the football, you're throwing it to him or running it. And then there's a sprinkling of stuff for everybody else. Now, Michael Thomas coming back will help out with that a little bit because they have certainly have a vice blend. But right now I think that Sean Payton is sitting in his laboratory trying to figure out with breeze, Okay, how do you distribute the ball to more people? I think they're too dependent on what Camara brings to the table for them. Yeah, I think the other struggle right now for the Saints is what's going on on defense. I mean,
2: they're giving up about 30-plus points per game. And you think about the team's arch and shock that are kind of in that same area as far as how many points they're giving up per game. The combined record of those six teams kind of in that same area – is two and sixteen. So it's just mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's not rocket science. You've got to be able to stop the opposing offense, keep <laughs> points off the board, even if you've got an electric quarterback like Drew Brees, in order to have a chance to win. So shock. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on the Saints. We're gonna move, and I'm gonna let you talk about Brady's Bucks as they end up playing the Broncos. And now we've had a chance to see kind of the good and the bad of the Tampa Bay Bucks with some of these new additions. And now. Through three-game shock, I want you to tell my, me and Arch and everybody else that's listening what you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so far in 2020.
1: You know, Rick, I, I still think it's to be determined. I still think it's early. I think they're still figuring out how to use multiple guys, how to use, you know, the plethora of tight ends that they have. Uh, I think Mike Evans had two, two receptions for two yards and a touchdown. Like, I mean, last year, of course, with James Winston, they would turn it over, but they would still have the threat uh, the deep ball, and that hasn't been uh, there in the first few games. But uh, playing the Broncos, obviously, they didn't have Drew Locke, so uh, they were a little limited uh, on offensively. But the Bucs are still to be determined. I believe they're still working through that offense with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich on who they want to be and how similar to what Archer talked about with the Saints, how to distribute the football to all these different weapons that they have. And uh, Brady's still trying to find that continuity. And you're talking about Gronk saying he – he, he knows his role. He's coming in to be a blocker now. So uh, it's only a matter of time before you know Gronk has one of those big-time games for 100 yards, and uh, they find that rhythm. So I think it's still, be, still to be determined for these Buccaneers and you know what they will look like later on.
2: Dave, are you agreeing or disagreeing with Shock's perspective on to be determined on the Buccaneers?
0: Well, I think that that's a good way to put it, but I think it's more about what their defense provides them. What you're getting, the only difference you're getting – in the two wins is they didn't turn the football over. What was their undoing a year ago as they turned the football over? Jameis threw 30 interceptions. Brady was brought in, yes, to be that veteran quarterback that's won championships, but don't turn the football over. If you don't turn the football over, we're going to be pretty good. Their defense limited the Broncos to 44 yards rushing in this game, harassed the quarterback. That's, to me, where their bread is buttered is the defensive side of the football, and then if Brady can take care of the ball and then start to find some of these guys and get them the ball, because when you look at their numbers, it doesn't knock you dead what they did on offense. They just didn't turn it over, and they cashed in their opportunities, and they leaned on that defense. It's been pretty good.
2: Yeah, the one thing that
0: really stuck out to me, Arch and
2: I'm kind of in your camp with the defense is they were attacking the Broncos the entire game. I mean, you mentioned the quarterback was under pressure the entire offense was under pressure, but they end up getting six sacks in that game and two interceptions and when you're causing that kind of havoc on the defensive side of the ball, good things are going to happen especially when you got a guy named Tom Brady on the other side. The interesting thing to hear to note though is that we are guys going to find out how good the Bucks are over the next four games. Think about this, Chargers, next 1 and 2 not that big of a deal. At Chicago, three and O. Green Bay, three and O. At Las Vegas, two and one. So we're going to get a chance to see where Tampa's at over this next four-game stretch because they've got some formidable opponents on their schedule. Well, guys, I think the discussion was great. I think we talked a lot about some very interesting topics, some some the things that are really pressing with the Atlanta Falcons moving forward. And as I, you know, I mentioned that the Bucks are going to end up playing the Packers, the Falcons. They're going to have their work cut out for them playing uh, Green Bay this weekend. So uh, before we sign off, I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give you guys one last chance. DJ, I'm going to start with you. In order for the Falcons to get a victory this weekend, here we go with my fill in the blanks again, they need to. Go ahead.
1: It's it's finished. I mean, it's the most obvious thing. I mean, the last couple of weeks, had opportunities opportunity to finish, had an opportunity to close people out and not been able to do it. I think it has to come down to Last, you know, against the Cowboys, in was the third quarter. This week it was the fourth quarter. That second half has to be better. And, you know, I'll say this. A couple of guys who I thought uh, stepped to the plate. way's Denard played really well out in that corner spot. I thought he did an excellent job filling in uh, for A.J. Terrell. Calvin really continues to shine in his uh, this year with, you know, three games with the 100-yard receiver. So there are some positives going on for this football team. But now everybody has to bring it along and finish the ball game.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, in a situation like this, the pod- positives always get overshadowed. Before we sign off, Arch, the Falcons need to do what this
0: weekend to come away with a win? They got to continue to play on the offensive side of the football. You can't go in a lull in the fourth quarter. Give uh, give the Bears credit; they got some something going. They found a little something against the Falcon defense. Falcon defense was outstanding the first three quarters of the game, limited to uh, what th- one of nine on third down. That's winning football, so help me out on the offensive side. I know you put 26 points on the board. This is the National Football League. Go score some more points for me. We saw it in the Monday night game when Baltimore closed the cushion to 27-20. What did Patrick Mahomes do in that offense? They went right down the field and shoved one in the end zone to put the game out of reach. That's what you have to do. You cannot go into a lull on offense in the fourth quarter when your team needs you the most. That's where our bread's buttered. That's where all our stars are on the offensive side of the ball. Go get it. Go take the game.
2: Arch, you just got me excited. Like, I'm <laughs> 43 years old. My body is nowhere near. But I want to go play right now. Arch is feeling it. DJ, he's got Rack, that rec
1: Rack, Rack, answer your own question, Rack. Yeah. Fill in the
2: blank. The Falcons need to put their foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. That's what they need to do. I appreciate- Don't go you don't
1: 150. Don't go 150 like Lil Yachty in Atlanta, right? But still yeah, put don't your don't foot on that. the gas, right? Do Archie, you put know who Lil foot Yachty is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Somewhat yeah. safe. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you my dude, Archie. That's why you my dude. You know Lil Yachty.
2: All right, fellas, I appreciate y'all joining me. Arch getting me fired up. And of course, DJ sharing his perspective of never being a part of a losing team. So that's always good. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. I
2: couldn't fire you up, brother. Maybe next week. All right, yeah, maybe next week. And uh, looking forward to seeing the Falcons back in action, of course, against Green Bay. And maybe we'll have a whole lot more positive things to talk about. Arch, DJ, thanks so much for joining us here on the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. And we will see you once again next week for another podcast right here, folks. Thanks again.